Welcome to Wisdom Today. My name is Bill Kelly, and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we will be exploring the book of Proverbs. Let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you would reveal to everyone listening how much you truly love each and every one of them. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Proverbs 29, beginning in verse 1. He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when a wicked man rules, the people groan. Whoever loves wisdom makes his father rejoice, but a companion of harlots wastes his wealth. The king establishes the land by justice, but he who receives bribes overthrows it. A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. By transgression, an evil man is snared, but the righteous sings and rejoices. The righteous considers the cause of the poor, but the wicked does not understand such knowledge. Scoffers set a city aflame, but wise men turn away wrath. With a foolish man, whether the fool rages or laughs, there is no peace. The bloodthirsty hate the blameless, but the upright seek his well-being. A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. If a ruler pays attention to lies, all his servants become wicked. The poor man and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. The king who judges the poor with truth His throne will be established forever. The rod and rebuke give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. When the wicked are multiplied, transgression increases, but the righteous will see their fall. Correct your son, and he will give you rest. Yes, he will give delight to your soul. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. A servant will not be corrected by mere words, for though he understands, he will not respond. Do you see a man hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. He who pampers his servant from childhood will have him as a son in the end. An angry man stirs up strife, and a furious man abounds in transgression. A man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honor. Whoever is a partner with a thief hates his own life, He swears to tell the truth, but reveals nothing. 
The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Many seek the ruler's favor, but justice for man comes from the Lord. An unjust man is an abomination to the righteous, and he who is upright in the way is an abomination to the wicked. Friends, let's take a closer look at verse 7 of Proverbs 29. Verse 7 says, The righteous considers the cause of the poor, but the wicked does not understand such knowledge. Friends, basically what this is saying is righteous people or people basically, um, I don't know, I would say mainly Christians or other good people, they are concerned about the poor and they often will help them. But this verse is telling us that the wicked or people who are really full of themselves regardless of how much money they have, many times these people look down on the poor and do not even consider their plight. And friends, that simply is not the way that Jesus calls each of us to be. Friends, today we're going to continue in our study on Matthew. We've been in this about five or six weeks now, And today we'll be looking a closer look at chapter 20. And the first almost half of this chapter is entitled The Parable of the Workers in the Vineyard. And this is a parable that is unique to Matthew's gospel. It's the only gospel where they have this story. And so I have started a study on Fridays going over parables of Matthew's gospel. So I will probably be going over this a couple weeks on Friday. But let's look at the other um, three areas in this chapter. The first one is Jesus a third time predicts his death and resurrection. Next, greatness is serving And finally, two blind men receive their sight. And I'm going to go over each of these in a little bit of detail. But let's look at Jesus predicting his death a third time, beginning in verse 17. Now Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples aside on the road and said to them, Behold, We are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify, and the third day he will rise again. So this is the third time Jesus has predicted his death, but this is the first time that they're talking about being scourged, and it's also the first time that he speaks about what type of death that he will suffer, and he's talking about crucifixion. 
Let's go to greatness in serving, because I think this is a wonderful story that has a couple lessons I'd like to get across to you. Let's begin in verse 20 and go through verse 28. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, What do you wish? She said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, We are able. So he said to them, You will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared by my Father. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Friends, this is a wonderful passage of scripture, and Jesus is basically revealing his true nature to his disciples, and his time has almost come to a close, and he knows his time is nearing. That is why he has told his disciples three times Each time they come to Jerusalem, he's reminding them and letting them know, pretty soon it's going to be over and I'm going to be taken away and they're going to take me and I'm not going to be with you any longer. But um, even though he tried to tell them three times, we're going to find out later that they did not really believe when he told them that story. And that is what this passage of Scripture is telling us. Jesus is letting them know, pretty soon, I am going to suffer. And he's telling them that they also will be suffering once Jesus is gone. And he's basically prophesying that over these two brothers The other disciples were indignant that they had had the audacity to ask this particular favor of Jesus. But Jesus is saying, not so quick. 
you know, I am going to be taken away from you, but each of you basically is going to suffer once I end. And he's trying to prepare them for that. But he's basically telling them that they are going to be going into the ministry, and he's letting them know that they need to develop the heart of a servant. Jesus is explaining in detail, this is who I am, and this is what I am about. And he was setting an example so that when he was taken away, that they would also develop the heart of a servant. And let's close with this last portion. It says, two blind men receive their sight, beginning in verse 29. Now, as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet, but they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. So Jesus stood still and called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Friends, once again, we are hearing the heart of Jesus and his desire for people to be healed. He was touched with compassion, now, for a brief moment, I'm asking that each of you close your eyes for just a few moments and pretend that you are blind and you hear that Jesus is coming, that Jesus is here, and that you've heard that he can heal people of their blindness, of other diseases, and so they are very interested in this. So they cried out to him and say, have mercy on us. All this time, they have not been able to see, and now they possibly have an opportunity to receive their sight. Friends, I would be willing to bet that you would be crying out as well. I can't personally imagine what it would be like to not have my eyesight. It's something I'm so used to. A lot of times I take it for granted. And just imagine what it must be like for those who can't simply open their eyes and see. But that's what my call to action would be what I just asked you to do is just imagine what it must have been like, not just for the blind people, but imagine what it'd be like if you were paralyzed and your best friends take you to Jesus and you're healed. I want you to imagine the freedom 
that you would have if you were now able to see having been blind, if you were now able to hear having been deaf, if you were now able in your right mind after you have been possessed by an evil spirit. Imagine the freedom and imagine what it must have been like when Jesus was on earth healing all of these people of these various diseases. The suggested scripture reading today is what I often ask you to do. Please reread today's Proverb 29 in its entirety. And Proverb 29 is a precious, precious chapter, and there are a number of verses that should speak to you. And friends, as you read these verses, I want you to think about each verse as you're reading them and ask how your life can be changed if you begin to do what that verse suggests. Once again, ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you as you read this chapter. And please reread in its entirety the 20th chapter of Matthew, a wonderful study of grace that Jesus provided. Once again, he provides healing. He's reminding his disciples that he will be leaving soon. He will be scourged by the Gentiles, meaning the Romans, and he will also end up being crucified. He wants to prepare them. Friends, I will never end a podcast without giving anyone an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If there is anyone listening today and you've never taken that step, I ask you to repeat a simple prayer after me today. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to earth. Jesus, thank you that you were willing to come to earth and that you were willing to die on a cross so that anyone listening today would have all of their sins forgiven. All we need to do is ask for forgiveness, admit that we are a sinner, and confess that you are the Son of God, that you died on a cross for me, that on the third day you rose from the dead and you were raised and are now alive at the right hand of God the Father. Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I ask that you lead me and guide me from this point forward. I make you my Lord and Savior. Friends, if you repeated that prayer, I ask that you go to my webpage, wisdomtodaybk.com. BK is my initials, Bill Kelly. If you repeated that prayer, please let me know. Go on that tab. There is a contact tab. Please give me your name. Ask any questions that you have, and I will get back with you momentarily. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. 
Friends, please join my wife and I as we close out the week with wisdom.